Welcome to episode seven of You Probably Shouldn't Be Reading This. Um, so today I've been thinking a little about a topic which has been on my mind for probably the last few, I don't know, two or three months or so, um, about conservatism and progressivism and the internet. These three things combined together. Three great things. Um, I don't know if you remember the first time you used the internet. I don't really, but I'm pretty sure that I learned something. <laughs> I experienced something new. Um, when I first started using the internet over my dial-up connection, most of what I would encounter was totally new to me. The internet was not very good at like showing you things that you were used to because it was so hard to find most of the things you wanted. So you just kind of stumble upon things. Uh, a lot of those things came through eBombs world. Um, some of them came through Yahoo or AOL. Um, but there was like a reason why it was referred to as like surfing the web. Cause you didn't really stay one place. You kind of like went all over the place and went on this kind of cool journey through the internet. And in that way, the internet was hailed as this extremely progressive force. Similar to like traveling the world, traveling through the internet would expose you to new ideas, new opinions, uh, new experiences through video and pictures and games. Um, and, in, and just like traveling the world, it would make you a more open person, a more progressive person. This, this isn't, this is just by definition what progressivism is. It is, it is the pursuit of progress, or rather the openness to progress. Um, uh, and it's what builds progressivism is having a bunch of new experiences. Conservatism is just the opposite of that. It's just the desire to keep things the same. And of course, the world needs both of these forces. There are some things we want to keep the same and probably some things we want to change. If we keep everything the same, it's not good. Everything's changing all the time. That's not good either. But the internet was, I think, a really, back then at least, a really powerful force for progressivism. And I think that was important. Today, however, I think that the internet has become perhaps the world's most powerful force for conservatism. The very thing that made the internet so powerful as a progressive force in 2001 now makes it, you know, now is basically gone. Right, like you don't don't surf the web anymore. You open up Facebook or Twitter or CNN or Fox News or whatever media site you want, and that site shows you the algorithmically selected thing that you are most likely to agree with. This is how it works. I know because I used to work at Twitter. This is what we did. <laughs> we want to show you the things that you agree with, the things that you like, and I know the person who created who ran the team that created Facebook's algorithm that shows you content. And that's certainly their goal. Show you content they're going to like and agree with. Um, the internet has gone from a thing that shows you new things to something that only shows you stuff that you're familiar with. And in that way, it's kind of become like, you know, living in a small town. The reason why people who come from smaller towns in America are more likely to be conservative is because they haven't been exposed to many other things. If you live in a small town, you experience the same ideas, 
the same opinions from the same people every day. And that's why you become a conservative. That's happening to, I think, almost everybody in America. We're all becoming conservatives because we're just living in our small internet towns. And that's pretty scary. Like even my friends who are, I would say, liberal, who, have, who hold views that may align with the Democratic Party, are not open to changing those views. They, you know, all of us have become so dogmatic about our liberal views that we cannot be called progressive anymore. If you believe that uh, that we need gender equality and we need race equality, and we should make we should pursue initiatives aggressively, pursue initiatives to um, to move those those uh, move that forward. But you aren't open to compromise. But you aren't open to other policies, perhaps policies that help. Uh, economic equality across the board, or policies that are help um, you know towards environmental action, then you're not progressive. Uh, openness to new ideas and change is what defines progressives. Progressivism, and I don't think, I think many liberals today are not progressive in that way. And it, and it's easy to see why because we don't have that progressive force that we used to have. And in fact, we have this very powerful conservative force. This is kind of boring. It makes it makes it. You know, life for me more boring, and for all of us more boring because we don't have this cool. You know, we don't have these cool opposing ideas popping up. But it's also pretty scary for the future of the Democratic Party. The Democratic Party has always existed as a kind of hodgepodge of progressive ideas. It's you know the those who are in support of rights for uh, gay people. You know. Um, Banding together with people who support rights for African Americans, uh, support rights for immigrants, support rights for women, support rights, support um, you know, free healthcare. All these different policies kind of come together under the Democratic umbrella. These are all policies that are, by definition, progressive. They involve changing the country from its historically, basically, uh, white Anglo male dem- dominated past. And we've all been able to get along and make those changes because we've been progressives, open to other people's ideas. But as we shut down those that progressivism, as we become a, as the Democratic Party becomes a conservative but liberal party, it's hard to you know those two things seem like they're at odds, but in fact they're not. You can be you can have liberal ideology but not want to change it. Um, and as the Democratic Party becomes that way, I think it'll be impossible for it to get along. This election, I think everybody's, you know, we're all kind of uniting behind the we don't like Donald Trump banner. But I don't know how long that will last. The reality is that the, the views of the different um, members of the Democratic Party are all so different and, in fact, in many ways, contradictory um, that unless we can all get along and find a way to compromise, I don't think we're going to, I don't think the Democratic Party will be able to survive. So if you, anyway, if you have uh, thoughts about this, like where, like where, what are the forces for progressivism that remain on the internet? Um, and, uh, you know, what can we do to counter the increasingly conservative power of the internet? Please let me know. This is a long podcast. I apologize that this one went almost eight minutes, but hopefully it was still good. <laughs>